Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, to be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converged into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome back, my friends. I am your host, Eric Salagi. Hey, if you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured in an upcoming episode, don't hesitate to email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. And most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure to leave us a five-star rating or a review wherever you can. This is the main way that you, the listener, can help in getting this show out in front of more people. Uncomfortable-pod.com is now up and running, and that is the official landing page for Uncomfortable. It's still under construction, so at some point, it will be the go-to spot for any additional information on some of the other events that we're taking part in, whether it be vending at different conferences, whether it be hosting shows, much like uh, this past weekend with Bigfoot and Brews, which was, again, a success. Then October 7th, actually the entire weekend, including the evening of October 6th, all day on the 7th, and then the morning of the 8th, you will be able to join myself, Justin and Jay from Cryptids of the Corn, Steve and Kyle from the Hollow Sky podcast, Chris and Joel Thomas from the Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, Ryan, Justin, and Lance from the Appalachian Intelligence Podcast and Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast for the first ever 40 in Airwaves Podcast Conference. 
50 bucks. It's low dough, man. It's 50 bucks for the cost for the whole weekend. They get to Friday night, all day Saturday, and Sunday morning with us. That's $50 per person. There is a link tree that has all of the pertinent information, a link to the Eventbrite. It has a link to the hotel that we're going to be staying at and the conference will be held at. There is preferential discounts for the rooms there is any and all information leading to any of the shows that will be appearing there and also in case you haven't heard uh jj rose 777 will be in attendance as our mc for the day she will be introducing each of the shows as they come up onto the stage and she has assured me that she is going to have some um, some funny quips about each each of the podcasts as they take the stage. So, again, that's in Ada, Ohio. That is October 6th, 7th, and 8th. You can find the link tree in the notes below. All the information is available there, and it's only 50 bucks. You're not going to find this anywhere else, folks. If you're a fan of the show and you are interested in helping support what we're doing here, please go over to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and see if any of the three tiers interest you. Your support for the show has been amazing throughout these past couple of years, and it is truly appreciated. We could not be doing what we're doing without your help. The link for the Patreon and the Uncomfortable Discord will be in the show notes below as well. And now for tonight's guest, you may recognize him when i introduce him he has been a part of the uncomfortable discord from the very beginning once we started doing the friday night campfires nick has uh, graced us with his presence and acted as a moderator to keep things within line sometimes me sometimes others but uh <clears throat> we thought it'd be interesting because Nick has a very uh, skeptical view on many of the things that we talk about on these episodes. And as you know, myself, I tend to be a bit more of a believer in these things, or I would not talk about them or invite people on to talk about them. So we thought it'd be interesting to pick a subject from time to time and have a conversation about it. So UFOs extraterrestrials that's what we're going to be talking about so if you would please give a warm uncomfortable welcome to nick clauser nick welcome to uncomfortable hello how you doing buddy pretty good how are you doing well doing well what do you think about this idea i mean i wasn't opposed to it i think it has potential to reach an audience that maybe you don't have yet and you know, I consider myself a skeptic, yes, but I also am very willing to be proven wrong and willing to learn more, and I like to gain more knowledge. So, Well, I think we were talking about this prior to, prior to going on with the recording, and I said to you, it's, it's not so much that um, it's not my interest to necessarily change people's opinions or change their minds or to attempt to have some kind of definitive proof that's going to sway you to to being a believer. 
but it's more, you know, we, I preach, um, a lot about open mindedness and critical thinking. And I think those two things are very important and not just in the aspect of these types of things I'm talking about. I think they're very important aspects to have in your life based on anything. I mean, you should put critical thought into everything. You shouldn't buy everything that everybody says, you know, do some investigation, you know, prove to yourself one way or another, whatever the topic may be or whatever the subject may be. So I think if we do this right, I think it's going to be an interesting addition to the regular show. And like you said, I think it may reach out to a different demographic of people who might be interested enough to hear opposing views or to hear to hear someone who is more in their shoes talk about the possibility of accepting these things than just somebody who's full blown into all of it. Right. So so I chose uh I chose UFOs, extraterrestrials. It's a very timely subject. There's been a lot of stuff in the in the news about UFO disclosure, whether it be our government or <laughs> most recently the uh the Mexican government with the uh redistribution of the, the fake mummies from twenty seventeen. Um, you know, and if something comes out and, and there's a proof that there's some kind of a, a, a DNA study that was done or, you know, those, the, the pictures of the MRIs or the, the skeletal x-rays, if they come out and, you know, it's proven to me that those are actual and real, um, that's going to be a holy shit moment for me because I'm going to be like, okay, I'm wrong. Right. I don't mind, I don't mind saying I was wrong, but so far I don't think I was wrong because <laughs> the guy that presented it to the government committee is a known hoaxer and you know i mean that that's his gig he is a tv personality and i'm talking about jamie musan he's you know it his paranormal show in mexico is kind of like et like entertainment television right <laughs> that wasn't a joke <laughs> for et but um that is kind of funny though um but i guess what i what i asked nick to take a look at and to delve into are are two specific uh, instances where not only was there a craft that was seen and for an extended period of time, but also where there were extraterrestrial bodies, um, not even not even bodies, uh, beings because they were alive, um, and those are the the two. Uh, the the one that took place in 1994 in Brazil, Brazil, and Virginia, Brazil. I believe it was the name of it. That sounds yeah. Um, and the other was in no, I'm sorry. In 1994, it was Rua Zimbabwe at the Aerial School. Correct. And the one in Brazil took place in 1996. Okay. Yeah. So, um, quickly, uh, just to kind of recap those two before we get into talking about it. In 1994, September 16th, there was a UFO sighting outside of 
Rua, R-U-W-A, Zimbabwe, at a private school, which was called the Ariel School, A-R-I-E-L, where when it was all over and done with, 62 different pupils who were attending that school and were outside for recess and lunch witnessed the arrival of a craft, its subsequent landing, and the exiting of a couple of different extraterrestrial beings Mm -hmm. that had communication with the children. Um, All told, with the number of adults that were in the area, I believe the total that saw something unusual was very close to 100. Correct. Um, it's it's one of the ones that I've been captivated by for a lot of years. Um, I think I heard about it about a year after it actually happened. And, you know, the thing of it for me is when you have that that number of people who all kind of are able to cooperate the the story and the events how they unfolded even though if you watch a documentary uh, called ariel um, there are a couple of kids that remember it differently um, still still knowing that it happened still all saying that it was you know all part of the same experience uh, but their description was somewhat different. Um, whenever you have that number of people that are involved with this uh, thing, I, I just don't buy into mass hallucination. I don't buy into mass hysteria. Right. In in that shape. Right. In that form. Um, and then again, the uh, the one that took place in Virginia, Brazil, in '96. It's another incident where there were multiple people, um, children, adults, hospital workers, military, um, law enforcement. They they all had some level of contact with the extraterrestrial being that was found by the the two girls. Um, so when when you get situations like that, stories like that, they they make me. They really make me take notice, and I, I have a hard time thinking that you could get that level of cooperation between multiple people to talk about the same thing. Don't deviate from the story. Let's try to perp- perpetrate this hoax for ever. Right. And uh, that's why I asked you to take some time, watch those two documentaries, kind of delve into the, the disclosure stuff that has been going on here lately. Uh, and even since since around 2017, when things kind of started ramping up with the the sub- subsequent releases of the the government uh, or the uh, military videos of the 2004 Tic Tac and and the other videos, the gimbal and the uh, Go Fast. Um, so you had an opportunity to watch all of Ariel. I did, and you got through about half of. Half of moment of contact. Moment of contact, which is about the Brazil incident. Tell me what you, what did you walk away from with, with what you've seen so far? So with Ariel, with Ariel uh, it definitely, 
had moments that were very compelling to me. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you don't believe in mass hysteria and a large group of people basically told a similar story with different details. And I think that enhances the possibility of it being true. Um, because I think someone within the documentary even says, if everyone told the exact same thing, it seems more fake. And I, I would agree. I think, you know, days after and they're getting interviewed, they're not all going to remember. It's going to be like a, the childhood game of phone tag. You're never going to hear the exact same thing over and over again. Right. And, and I think you can take that into, you know, you, you spent some time in uh, various levels of law enforcement and, you know, you can have, you know, 12 or 14 people on the corners of an intersection and there could be a, an accident that happens and you've got 12 or 14 different perspectives. Many of those are probably going to fall into line with each other, but you're going to eventually find some that is like, what, what was this person watching? Because right. it, it doesn't, you know, so, I mean, I, I think it makes sense, especially when you start talking about a larger group of people, right. um, you're going to have those, those, uh, differences in those inconsistencies. Right. I would say something that I discussed with you previously that was hard for me to make it compelling were the fact that it was only children and I get that's a common, you know, discreditation of you know, their kids, they have a wild imagination and are they sure they know what they saw? Um I agree to an extent because, I mean, I remember being a kid. I remember, like, playing Imagine out in the woods by myself. I did the same thing. But if I think back on it, there are things that I thought I saw out there. Um, But I would say watching it, it's very compelling that a lot, some of them genuinely look terrified. Um so much so that even, I mean, watching a documentary, there's, it's hard for me to go, they didn't experience something. Um, from my standpoint, it's hard to say what that is. Cause I, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm big on, if I don't experience it, it's hard for me to fully believe in it, but they definitely experienced something based on their reactions and their storytelling. And well, if what I found interesting and, and and I think it I think it goes I think it tends to solidify what I feel are the the true aspects of this is that not only were these kids interviewed as children, you know, days after the event happened, mm-hmm. but this particular documentary tracks down a, a pretty substantial number of those mm-hmm. kids now adults living their lives and brought them back together like 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's a, that's an amazing thing to be able to go back and not only were you, there was a significant amount of film footage of the kids talking about the experience right. back at the time. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to, hear those people talk about that experience again now as adults with 20 years difference and the um the 
there's obviously a friendship that they they still had from when they were in school together. Right. But there did seem to be a a, a tie between them because of what they experienced as well. Right. You know, and I thought was what was really telling was um, at one point when the the two girls um, as adults went to visit one of the one of the teachers, mm-hmm. um, the older African American lady who they all said was she was very Too strict, very yeah. strict. Yeah. Um, but you know, as she sat there and they talked about it, she she basically said, you know, I wish that I would have believed them at the time or taking it more seriously or taking it more seriously yeah. um you know the, the, again I, i'll go back to you know the thing for these two particular events and there's others um for me but these two in in particular they just don't go away right you know and and there's a significant amount of i want to call it evidence but in you know evidence as far as as far as what I, I consider to be evidence. Right. Um, that's not, you know, do they have castings of landing pads? Do they do they get pictures? Do they get right. audio? Right. Did they, you know, obviously there's none of that. But um, it's just they're, they're very, they're very compelling. And when I watch them, I just don't get the impression that these kids, now adults, are trying to perpetrate something that that they would have done as kids right they're not like you know one kid total story and everyone's going along with it there's no corroboration that they're like hey let's play a prank on the adults and to be honest i mean there were there were several instances where you know the emotions kind of got the better of them right there are quite a few kids that in the moment were like crying or needed to take a moment and or there were several that looked quite terrified or the I wouldn't call her the main character of the documentary, but her family was the one that moved from from Zimbabwe to Canada right. after the event yeah. because her older brother, I believe, was having like traumatic nightmares about the experience, and as their parents were so religious that they said, "Yeah, that's not real," and yeah. so they moved. So I mean, yeah, there. Were the, I mean, it's obvious that there are some of the the people that experience that that. W- experience significant i hate to use the word trauma right um significant discomfort in wanting to talk about what had happened yeah i mean it was an event that clearly the 20 years later most everyone remembered it detailed to detail exactly the same um i would say you know of course some of them had different descriptions uh a few of them talked about, you know, having a message transmitted to mm-hmm. them. Um, and, I mean, that's going to stick with you. if, yeah. Even if you're a kid, you're not going to forget something of, hey, I saw this weird thing land and someone get out. And then they looked at me and I heard what they wanted to say. Even if you're imagining that, you're not going to forget it. That's right. quite an experience. And what kind of struck me about the, the one girl um you know, there there were a few that said that they received a essentially a telepathic mm-hmm. communication from them. Um, I think it's important to note that the communications that they had all seemed to revolve around 
um, taking care of the earth and, you know, good things. Not like, hey, we're here to take you. We want, you know, right. take us to your leader. You know, we're here to invade. This was this was kind of a benevolent message that was, um, you know, essentially, you know, we want you to, we want you to continue to live and prosper, but the the road you guys are going down, you know, isn't isn't the right one, and, right. and you need to change it. There are um, a couple I think that said the blonde little girl mentioned wanting them wanting her to, to go with them, wanting to go with them, yeah. yeah. She felt like he wanted her to go with him, and part of her wanted, and part to. of her part of her wanted to. Yeah, and that that one kind of creeped me out a little. bit. Well, yeah, it's I'm weird, not, especially because she was smiling. It was kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, I highly recommend if you have any interest in this topic at all. Um, two very good, well done documentaries. It's not something that you have to sit through and then kind of pick and choose. Um, they're really well done. Um, they had decent budgets and, and I really, I mean, so the one in Zimbabwe, um, John Mack, who is very, very well respected, very well known psychiatrist, head of, head of the psychiatry department at Yale, Harvard, Harvard Harvard university. Um, he went there uh, almost immediately. He received a phone call and then um, then took a flight over there. Mm-hmm. He interviewed the kids. And I have to say, from what they showed of his interactions with the kids, it was I didn't get anything out of him that was like leading or no, yeah, I anything, mean he was know, he, using his because I think he was his doctorates were in like adult and child psychology, so I mean he wasn't. You know, trying to lead them to say, yeah. "Were there aliens?" He was just like, "How did that make you feel? Why did you feel it?" Like very much like a psychiatrist would. You know, so you know, like when you when you have the introduction of somebody like John Mack, um, I think it's important important to note that this guy was very successful. He was a professor at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was tenured. He was published. Um, in I can always go back to this, no matter what the topic is, whether it's somebody who has spent 50 years of their life in, in search of proving the existence of Bigfoot or UFOs or anything else. Um, you know, John Mack there, when he finally kind of turned the corner and decided to start looking into the abduction phenomenon as a psychiatrist, um, wrote, multiple books on it mm-hmm. and did lectures on it. And why would somebody with that was in such good standing that was um, to some extent already a public figure, mm-hmm. why would they risk going out on a limb for something as batshit crazy <laughs> as being abducted by uh, extraterrestrials? Right. Why would they do that to themselves? I don't think you would. I don't think you would either. I think, you know, just like I said, watching their reaction, I mean, it's obviously different. He was there when they were kids, and he got to experience it. But watching it, it's hard to watch it and go, they're making it up. They didn't experience anything. And his point, he's looking at from a totally intellectual, professional standpoint of, 
I've been I'm one of the most trained people in the United States of America in this field and all my trainings pointing to they saw something and they believe it. And even though I don't know what that is, I have to believe they're telling the truth. So, I mean, <laughs> he had a lot to lose, but he was like, why did I spend my whole life training in this field if I'm not going to believe what I was trained? So, yeah. And at one point, I mean, Harvard was... Uh he was he was on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were going after his tenure, and they were they had an investigation on him. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, let let him do what he's doing." Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that that has anything to do with the validity of it. No, but at some point, somebody realized. This guy had the the education. He had the tools to talk to these people. And if he was if he was giving it some credence, then they they agreed to just let him continue to do his thing. Um, I think I think it's kind of important to note that you know the um, the descriptions of the for the most part the descriptions of the. Um, extra biological entities that were in front of the kids were very small, mm-hmm. um, all dressed in, in a black tight fitting, mm-hmm. um, uniform of some sort, like body suit, right. um, a large head, large eyes, mm-hmm. um, very much fell into what people would consider a, a gray alien. Right. Um, I think you mentioned one of the kids. One of them talked about having a long head of hair or something. Yeah. That was kind of odd, but yeah. But yeah, they all said pale skin, really dark eyes. Yeah. So I mean, their description was very similar, as well as the sound. There was a there was a sound that many of them. Had. They all heard a loud buzzing. Yeah, they just some described it as bees. The best description was like at a power station, that loud buzzing. Buzzing, yeah. Um, I did say to you, though, I think that's the one thing that, (laughs) from a skeptical side, made me go, well, how did the adults who were like 10 feet away not hear them? Because they were having a staff meeting inside the building. And and, and I get what you're saying. But if you go back and you look at that, Mm -hmm. look at the, especially when the two the two girls as adults mm-hmm. when they walked away from oh yeah they were far away at that point that that was yeah so but some of them mentioned they like heard it and then ran over to the logs yeah so i mean it's hard to know without being there but right. to me it's like well if i was in a building right next to a power station i would hear the loud buzzing from inside the building that's right. not like they're in a concrete bunker so yeah, that part of true. it was kind of weird to me, but I mean, again, I wasn't there, so it's <laughs> hard for me to, you know, know the intricacies or how far yeah. away they were and that kind of stuff. So after having watched that mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how much you did prior to me suggesting that, mm-hmm. um, that documentary um 
before we get into the the Virginia Brazil mm-hmm. account, what else have you looked? What else have you had an opportunity to look into before you yes. t- talk to me about this? Like specifically looked into pretty much nothing. Like I mean, I've who hasn't heard of like you know the Arizona stuff like Roswell and Area Fifty One and all that stuff, right? But like gone out of my way to look into it. Not much. I mean, there was the balloon things that were going over the country. That I mean, that was during. I mean, we we're all posting about it on the Discord and. Since I'm like an aviation nut too, I was also the weird one, which in which I thought was really kind of an incredible, um, not coincidence, but it was it was it was very exciting for me to have happen because at the time that I was recording the episode, what the hell was in the Michigan sky, mm-hmm. where I was talking to the radar operator from uh, Muskegon mm-hmm. and the MUFON director for Michigan. Um, he actually in real time during the recording Mm -mm. was getting messages (laughs) of the second, um, the second one over Alaska. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a surreal moment for me. Right. Like it was happening. It 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 was was like literally happening again. Right. As we were talking about it. Right. And, uh. Interestingly enough, just in this last week, um, I may have mentioned this when we were in the Discord Friday night, um, there was apparently a release of a document Mm -hmm. that had been sent to the Prime Minister of Canada, which was a complete debrief of what exactly was taken down by U.S. military jets. Mm Mm-hmm after being asked to intervene with the one that was shot down over the Yukon, which, right. which they were never able to find. <laughs> um, but, and, and now I, I can't find anything, but it, right. you know, somebody, somebody took it down. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory to, to keep us from knowing anything, but it may have been a legitimate military or government document that, was not supposed to be released, so maybe they scrubbed everything of it, or maybe it's all complete, total horseshit, too. Maybe it never happened. Right. You know, but um, I thought it was interesting that even though that balloon stuff and the the subsequent taking down of something over Alaska, uh, this coastline, and then the one that was taken down over the Yukon, and then the one over the Great Lakes, Mm -hmm. um, that was... You know that all happened in a in a relatively short period of time. It's after like a week, the, of yeah. Or so, um, and and there's there's nothing. There's we there's nothing about it anymore. No. Um. You know, we shot missiles at them. Right. They were. They were viewed as enough of a a threat whether that's militarily or biologically or what they were, they were viewed as enough of a threat that they were, they were obliterated with a million dollars with a million dollars worth of explosives. (laughs) And then, and then it's just gone, done. It's gone. Yeah. 
And I think that's weird. It is. You know, and I'm not trying to read anything into it, anything more than, but it's, it's freaking weird. I would say, and we've talked about this before, I do, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all either, but I do believe that the government and media controls what they want us to see in certain aspects. And I will say that one disappeared a little quicker than most other things, mm-hmm. like the train derailment thing. That lasted for like two months, even though, you know, they're still going on constantly right now. But you don't see anything about it. This right. one was like a week of that's all everyone talked about. And I was like, okay, that was fun. Forget <laughs> about it. It disappeared a little quicker than all the other it did storylines. And, and when you had... um I don't remember who the gentleman was or what his position was, um, but he was in Washington, and he had he had made a he was standing in front of a microphone. There were obviously reporters around him, and and at that point he he says, "Lock your doors tonight." Right. You know, it's like that was after the Great Lakes one, wasn't it? What in the what the what? Yeah. Lock your doors. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you trying to you know? What do you by by making that statement? That is that is not something you just say in jest. That's like fear mongering. It is, and yeah. you know. So what's the point behind that? Um, you know, because as much as I believe that we are not the only form of life in our existence. Right. Um, I used to think, and, and possibly still do, I used to think the only thing that made any sense was that these things were coming from another planet, another solar system, another galaxy. Right. They're traveling vast distances. They must have technology that allows them to, you know, traverse those distances uh, in in very little time. Um, you know, now I... Now I wonder because of the disclosure stuff that right. has come out. You know, you've got you've got Stephen Greer who has been pushing the disclosure stuff for well over twenty years now. Right. Um, anytime you listen to him, his narrative is that the aliens, for the most part, the the several different species of alien are benevolent and they they want to help us and they want us to um uh, commune with with our spirituality and Mm -hmm. and and god and all that and the difference on the other side of the coin is you've got all of this disclosure that's going on that's taking place in front of congress and and in washington and with um you know jeremy corbell and uh um George Knapp and all of those people that seem to be involved in it seem to be saying that this is a significant risk to our, um, our national security. And, you know, the, it's like you get two polar opposites, you know, it's the tree hugging aliens and it's the ones that want to abduct us and war the world. Yeah. Yeah. Protect, you know, do, um, experiments and stuff on us. And, there really is no middle ground. It's it's either one way or the other. There doesn't. Isn't that seem- like that with every subject? 
I mentioned to you that this week at work. Yeah, like, that's that's true. That I feel like in every th- in every aspect of like thought, there's there should be a middle ground, but most people are either one way or another. Yeah. Like, I try to be open minded, but it's like I definitely lean more skeptical than I do believing in this stuff. Even though I want, there's a part of me that wants to be proven wrong because it would be cool, right? Sure. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, it's hard. Seen as believing. Someone said that in the documentary. And, I mean, there's things I believe in that I haven't, like, you know, physically seen. But a lot of other things, it's, unless it's, you know, unless Bigfoot walks in front of your screen door right now, I'm probably not going to be like, holy crap, that's Bigfoot. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't, it's not, he doesn't exist, but I've never experienced anything that would make me go, oh. Yeah, and it's the same with extraterrestrials. I know we've talked about, I believe, because I also, you know, aviation, I also really like space, Mm -hmm. space travel, that kind of stuff. Uh, If the universe is truly infinite and it's infinitely expanding, there's no way we're the only intelligent life. It's not possible. If it's infinite, anything's possible. You bring up NASA. Yeah. And here's another thing that just really kind of blows my mind Mm -hmm. is that, you know, very recently NASA announced that they were putting together their own UAP um, task force or uh, committee to look into these things. Mm Mm-hmm. The Eufy video lock takes the place of separate smart locks, security cameras, and doorbells all in one simple-to-install unit. A Phillips screwdriver was all I needed. The Eufy 330 video lock took me 20 minutes to install, and there is no hardwiring necessary, as it's powered by a 4-month, rechargeable, 10,000 milliampere-hour battery. The Eufy video locks are complete with fingerprint technology, passcode entry, physical keys, and free local storage for crystal clear 2K video. There is absolutely no contract, nor the need for costly monthly monitoring subscriptions. The free Wi-Fi driven iOS and Android compatible apps let you have full control over your new Eufy video lock system in just a few clicks. Convenience and security are extremely important, and the Eufy video lock delivers on both. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. Video lock because as the host of Uncomfortable Podcast, you just never know who or what will wind up at your front door. Visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock and get yours now. That's eufy e u f y. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. NASA's been involved with spaceflight <laughs> since the late 1950s. Yeah. That's when they started preparing for the Apollos, yeah. And then we put man on the moon. Right. We've had a number of different missions in various depths of space or upper atmosphere or low Earth orbit. Right. You're going to tell me that they're just now, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's the thing that it, it's like, it becomes kind of laughable to me when they come out and they announce something like that. It's like, really just now, right now you've decided that, oh, maybe we should look into this. Right. I don't believe that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, I mean, they perpetuate, their, perpetuate their own, um, conspiracies because right. it feels like they're no the, 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 the the disclosure stuff that it feels you know like they you know now that we've talked about it in a public setting it's okay yeah to be like oh hey yeah let's look into this it's we needed everyone to be like oh hey yeah it's real to get the permission to do it but it's like you know, and the director of NASA just very recently, maybe within the last week, week and a half, <clears throat> there's a video of him where he's talking about the possibility of existence of life outside of us in this solar system. Solar system. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I've always thought that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, you know, and, and then he goes in and he uses the, the same old ad, adage that most people do, which is, you know, are we, and, and it's funny because looks kind of circles around to what you and I were talking about a few days ago mm-hmm. is, are we that bought into that? We are that important yeah. that we could be the only thing like this. Right. You know, and I know you have a very strong constitution towards your Christian faith yep. and you know, we we banner back and forth, you know, in in kidding, but you know, I, I respect that and I don't necessarily don't believe it. Right. But you know, if if the Bible and and all that we know as far as religion is concerned is actual and factual, mm-hmm. then it makes sense to me that God or our creator or whoever you recognize is that that takes that place mm-hmm. would not have felt the need to tell people over 2000 years ago about the possibility that hey, at some point, well, after you're dead, you might <laughs> run into these guys. Right. Right. Um, you know, so to me, it makes sense when, when I have people that, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it as 
harsh as it may sound. It may not sound that way, but I think it's going to hide behind. Well, it's not the Bible, so it doesn't exist. Right, yeah. Um, I think you have to keep in consideration that 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 book was written by people thousands of years ago for people thousands of years ago and our understanding of things at that time are way different than they are now that's true technology wise and you know i mean so it's not surprising to me that that stuff isn't mentioned in the bible but again going back in to the having an open mind and using critical thinking, it makes sense to me that it wouldn't be in the Bible because at that point in our existence, we were a long, long way away from the possibility of entertaining the idea of anything beyond us. Right. So, I mean, and even not to go into it, but even like the book of revelations is like a wonky wild experience of, he sees stuff that's like undescribable because he sees the future. Yeah. And it's, you know, the end of the end times. So, I mean, I agree with you to that extent of it was written thousands of years ago, it was spoken through, told that the way for the people then. I still think the fundamental principles apply today. Oh, absolutely. But, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's certain. I don't mean. I didn't mean no, to say that yeah, yeah. it was like out of date and wasn't right. really you didn't have any. And don't even read it. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> burn, not what burn I was. It down. That's not what I was getting. No, at. yeah. Uh, I think back on the, you know, are we so important thing? I do think it goes both ways because it's it's very much you know do we really think we're so important that if the universe is as big as we think it is as we know it is. And we've have objects like Voyager one and two that we launched. What? 60 years ago at this point that are like barely outside of our, like they're in between deep space and the rocket, the field. I can't think of what it's called outside of our solar system. And that's as far as they've gotten in 60 years. And I get it's man-made technology. If, if you're considering the vastness of all of it, why are we so important that aliens are coming here? It, to me, that's where it's hard because it's like it goes back to ancient times. We used to think we were the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... Some of us still do. <laughs> I think it's a similar way of humans gaining knowledge and changing their reasoning over time. But it's still a like, oh, aliens are real. And they're all coming here. Like, we're the pit stop of the universe. It, that part doesn't make sense to me. I'm, you know, I'm not saying obviously nothing. It hasn't happened. But it does go both ways of we're not as important as we think we are in the grand scheme of things. I I agree with you on that. Um, where I Where I tend to drift off of that is so if you had a garden Mm -hmm. and you planted tomatoes and corn and sunflower seeds and zucchini and all the other stuff and you you planted it you took care of it you you prepared the soil you did everything you needed to do 
to allow that to grow. Mm-hmm. And then during the hot summer months, you had to you had to provide it water. You had to you had to give it everything it needed to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you come to a rainy season, and and that that job that task of of growing those vegetables or whatever they are becomes infinitely easier because now you don't have to go out and 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 feed it. You don't have to water it because it's rainy season and mm-hmm. you're getting plenty of water. It's, you know, they're, everything looks good. They're growing. Um, the corn's knee high by the 4th of July and, you know, all that. Um, yeah, once in a while you have to go out and you have to weed that garden. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to... You have to put a trap out because you might have a mole or have something that's coming in. You might have to put a fence because you have rabbits coming in to eat your carrots or or whatever it is. But it becomes much easier, and you don't have to pay much attention to it until it's time to reap the harvest of that. This would be a really cool segue if I could go into that we're being harvested by aliens, and that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying Are at you all. You're trying to say we're the cosmic <laughs> mole of the universe, <laughs> but you know, I, I I try to look at it with an open mind, and it, it's like, so what if we are? What if we were seated here? Mm-hmm. And and when I say that, my thoughts behind that are: you could take every living creature even only mammals and and start from one end and then go all the way up to us. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, when you look at that picture of all those different things, what's the one thing that does not look like it belongs here? Us. And that's us. Now where you apply that to your biblical belief in that, God created us in his own image, and, and that's why we're right. here, and that's why we're different, and that's why we have dominion over everything on earth. Right. I look at it as, and, and a, to be fair, to be fair. To be fair. Um, I, believe in a, I believe in a higher power. I believe there is something more than us. I'm just not sure that right. your way or his way or her way or their way is... I think right. if you if you wind up in the same place at the end of the day, my belief is as long as you're as long as you're winding up in the same place at the end of the day, it's okay. And and I realize there's other religions that no, you you've got to follow a specific <laughs> path. Um, and I hope I'm right because if not, I'm screwed. <laughs> but. but, but Again, I think I told you this, you know, if if Jesus Christ shows up and he's like standing in front of me and says, hey, you coming with me or you, you staying and hanging out? Right. <laughs> it's your choice. I'm going to be like, hell yeah, dude, I'm coming with Ooh, my right. bags are packed yeah. and I'm ready. Um, so, you know, I, I entertain I entertain the idea that, you know, since we are so different than everything else here. Mm-hmm. except for primates, which we are very closely related to, um, we are really different. Correct. And what if we were seated here? 
you know, and, and, and in that it is not a, it is not a declaration of not believing that God could still possibly be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking maybe there's way more to it than what's been written. And, you know, are these things actually coming from solar systems away? Mm-hmm. Galaxies away? Or are these things spiritual to some extent? Are these things coming, acting f- under the under the orders of God? Mm-hmm. You know, are these things angels? Are they... Um, emissaries of spirituality. Right. You know, some people argue that extraterrestrials are demons, which still falls under that being a spiritual Correct. Yeah. creature. And that would be supported on the moment of contact one. That definitely seemed more right demonic um, than benevolent. That's for sure. You know, I mean... When you talk about UFO sightings, you you see some that are like you can see the outline of a physical craft. Right. Others at night have have a glow. They're they're illuminated. Right. Why the hell would anything that was coming here trying to be undetected be illuminated? Be illuminated <laughs> to the point where it would draw attention to itself. Right. Unless it was possibly a light being. I, you know, I mean, this is all just theory and conjecture and, and conversation. But, you know, is it us? Is it us from a future time? Ooh, time travel. You know, coming back to stop us from doing something stupid right is it is it us from the future trying to get a message to us i I mean you can come up with a a hundred different right things but you know to me when i look at this stuff it's not just open and shut it's an extraterrestrial. They're on a, a, a nuts and bolts craft that travels here through wormholes because they can get here faster. And, you know. So you're saying you don't want to look at it like my preferred way of thinking of. That's cool. All right, next. Exactly. And just move on. <laughs> yeah, my brain won't let me do that. Um, it just keeps me sane when I go through my normal day, day-to-day life. But it is, I mean, when I don't do that and I open my thinking and you know use the brain i was given yeah it is yeah it's fun to think about and that's you can come up with anything i mean that's what's fun though it's like i'm definitely lean more one way but open-minded it's you can see both sides it's sightings and you know and in other countries, and especially, you know, in the 90s or 80s or whatever, us in Russia have been testing military stuff for well before I was ever sure. alive. And I believe our technology is more advanced than the average citizen knows. Absolutely, way more. So it's, you know, 
you know, which, which brings into, for me, brings into the, the stuff that's been disclosed by, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, which mm-hmm. is that these materials have been collected, um, craft have been collected throughout the years, right. and we have done some manner of um, reverse engineering, mm-hmm. and we have gotten things that look similar enough to and can behave relatively similar to actual alien craft right. only as a reproduction and that some of these things are being used in our skies to be visible mm-hmm. to allow people to see them and create reports and what's the purpose behind that right you know why why do that i don't know control the sheep exactly <laughs> control the sheep <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's you look at the stereotypical image of what a spacecraft would look like. To me, it looks like, you know, the saucer image. Right. But we do have aircraft that can, you know, float and hover and take off from straight vertical. What's the new um, the newest uh, B something something bomber? Uh I don't know. Come on, you're the. I am. But you're I the aeronautical. Um, they just released it. It was. Uh, I just saw it. I don't know if I was on Twitter or what. Um, they had a big sheet on it. Big sheet. Yeah, it was a big sheet with lights on it, and they were going to de- debut it. I only saw part one, so I never saw the sheet come off of it. B twenty one Raider. B twenty one Raider. If you go online and you look at and see the shape of this thing while it has the the big sheet cloaking it. Well, isn't that similar to like the old bomber from back in the day that they discontinued? The our original like stealth planes was the same. It's possible. But this thing this thing literally, if you're looking at it straight on, it's got a flat horizontal bottom to it. It's got, yeah. But try to find try to find the, um, the one picture that I'm talking about because <laughs> it had oh, okay. it, it was a little dome on top, and then that came off to another dome, which came off to a much wider saucer looking, and then the bottom of it was completely flat. So if you saw that coming at you from, um. Yeah, if you saw that coming at you yeah, it directly like, from it uh, from the like, horizon, yeah, it looks like a stereotypical. It, it does. It, it looks, looks like very much like it. Yeah. Now or, you, you move that move your perspective to the side of it, and that that negates it. But you know, a head on view of it, it's like holy crap! <laughs> it looks like a flying saucer. Oh yeah, the B two Spirit from the eighties to yeah. two thousand. Yeah. yeah, that one. I mean, same general. But yeah, this new one, it looks like a saucer from yeah. the front. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, so to me, it's like, well, of course, you know, you get pilots going, oh, yeah, I saw something. It's like, well, of course, they're not going to know what the higher ups are testing. They're just, right. It's always, it's never like, you know, <laughs> it's never the commander in chief going, oh, yeah, I saw a saucer out there. It's always, you know. It's weird how my brain works because, like, 
the military aspects of you know like the the tic tac and the go fast and all mm-hmm. that stuff the things that you know the, these pilots are describing as far as being a a cube with a um or a cylinder or a, a sphere with a cube inside of it um a lot of reports of that from the east coast from mm-hmm. um training facility or training maneuvers out right. there um you know a strong portion of me believes that what our pilots in the military are seeing or like that, the Mazul uh, orb that mm-hmm. went flying through the middle East, that part of me wants to believe and is pretty sure that that's, that's shit that we've got that nobody knows about. Right. Except some small select group of people that are working in that specific right. category. Like, how long do you think that the new Raider bomber has been being tested for? There's no way. It's just like, right. yeah, we built it a year ago, and here you go. Yeah, it's hot off the, <laughs> hot off the press. Right. No. There's no way. No, that was that was on the drawing board when the B two stealth <laughs> was. Like, be- how do you not? How do people like? We don't know if like this, like some famous sightings from the '90s or stuff like that. You don't know if that's not what was being tested back right. then. I mean, I doubt. I, again, I doubt it. That was so long ago. But to me, that's where it's hard. Is it's like you never know. Yeah. So then we move on to the the Brazil moment of contact. Moment of contact. Virginia, Brazil, nineteen ninety six. Their description of the aliens was a lot scarier. Yes, much, much different. Um, a very oily, um, a very oily surface. Mm-hmm. Um, it it got on the people that were trying to, because it it appeared to be in distress. Right. Um, I don't really know. I don't really remember there any anything like talking about specific injuries. No, you know, just... like gaping wounds or anything like that. Just. Um, kind of seemed like by the description of the girls that it was a like a scared animal yeah um trying to just trying to stay away right um didn't they describe it with red eyes too? red eyes um that was weird dark dark skin Uh um very short very short oily um i I may be pulling shit out of my butt here but uh, like the number of fingers like three Three fingers, three toes. That I don't remember. I mean, I'm into. I watch so much of this stuff. It, it could be. <laughs> I could be interjecting from another. But I. I thought it was, um, three digits on the hands and the feet. Um, entirely different looking creature. Right. And some, you know, like the younger me would have looked at that as, you know, I, I buy into the grays. <laughs> and anything that, you know, 30 years ago, anything that didn't look like a gray would be like, no, that's not right. That's not real. <laughs> that's not real. Right. <clears throat> but when you look at the diversity in just us as humans, you know, if, if there are other cultures from different 
different areas of our space. Right. And they've all achieved a level of technology that lets them come here. Mm-hmm. Again, very valid point. Why? <laughs> why? Why care about us? Because we're here. You know, um, you know, are we that special? Right. Back to that. It's like maybe there is something that is that special and unique about us that it does interest them. Right. Or maybe they're going on vacation to like Jupiter and they're just like hitting the, we're like the Grand Canyon. They're going out west. Yeah. It's possible. In the road. <laughs> Sightseeing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like you said, it's not f- far-fetched to think there's different variations of aliens. I mean, the gray is the most commonly accepted, but yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of different looking humans. So why can't there be, why do they all have to look the same? It doesn't. You know, and in, in moment of contact, um, Whereas the difference between the two, uh, the one we talked about earlier, there was a large group of people that experienced it all at once. And in the moment of contact in Virginia, um, you had a number, you had, you had one, one gentleman in particular that they spent a lot of time with who actually saw the craft um, getting very close to impact and then literally saw where it had crashed. Right. Um, and you know, when they went through that part of the, he was obviously emotional right? when they found the spot that he remembered that, that it had crashed. Right. Um, he got very emotional about Mm -hmm. it, you know? So there for me that something impactful happened, he saw something and what he's relaying is fantastical and hard to believe. The girls who found the creature inside that cement uh, stone wall, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they did not seem particularly comfortable talking about their experience from years back. Right. And then they go on to find people who were involved with the the police that showed up. Mm Mm-hmm got this thing transported it to the hospital so you had you had not only trained observers as far as now i can't attest to how how good their law enforcement <laughs> is in in brazil but you know i mean i would assume that they would pretty much follow standard operating procedures and they would be trained observers um, they take this thing to this hospital where it's placed on a table. Military is in there with cameras. Military is in there with weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors examining it. And the police officer who picked this thing up and carried it into the hospital in a very short period of time ended up with a very unusual infection. Right. And and died a, a, a pretty quick and, and painful death. Right. Um I think they talked to his widow. It was either his widow or, or his mom, I don't remember which. Um 
they never got any kind of satisfactory answer as to what caused his death. Right. Um, and basically it was, it was alluded to that, you know, it was just kind of whitewashed and, and, you know, nothing ever really significant came out about it. Um, but an entirely different feel from one documentary to the other, because the, the first documentary was, you know, a bunch of kids that got scared. They saw something crazy, but the overall message that was being sent was, you know, that they want, they want us to take care of this place that we live on. Right. They want, they want us to continue to, to be here and, and to, and to thrive. Right. And the other (laughs) one, um, really didn't get into any of that because no. nobody talked about having experience in any kind of message. Uh, message or telepathy with the creature. Um, the creature sounded much more, um, much less humanoid looking, um, you know, still a head, shoulders, arms, right. legs, but where, where the EBs in, in a, Zimbabwe looked like small versions of people. Right. These looked like more of a. Well, and their mannerisms were. Yeah. And Zimbabwe were more human, humanistic. Considerably different. Right. It's just just a. (laughs) It's odd. It is. It, It really is. The weird thing about the cop's death, too, is it's very. Similar to like victims of severe radiation poisoning, it's very similar to that. Yeah. Which, you know, rapid. You don't really know what's going on, and then it's like, okay, you're dead. Yeah, it's very similar. Which, that's what I thought when I was listening to it. So I was like, this sounds like, you know, the stories I've heard of people that died in Chernobyl and yeah, right. other nuclear disaster stuff, but. Yeah, it's odd. It is odd. And, you know, it, I always go back to these things always cause me more questions. Not so much in the do they exist, don't they exist. But, you know, the the polar opposites like Stephen Greer, everything's benevolent and they want they want good for us and they want to help us and they want to help us reach a spiritual ascension. And then the, the military aspects of it, that these things are, you know, have the potential for, for causing us a great deal of harm. And, you know, then you, you get into the, um, the whole abduction thing. And if you start looking into that and you, you come across things that are talked about where there was, uh, apparently the, the Grieta, uh, treaty, which was um, many years ago with, uh, I think uh, was it was at Eisenhower, you know, that supposedly had a brought up a treaty with these different extraterrestrials and they were going to be allowed to do their thing, whatever that thing was, for a specific amount of time. And, right. You know, they were going to not, they were going to let them do it, mm-hmm. you know, in return for advanced technology, knowledge, you know, stuff like that. I mean, all this stuff, when you say it out loud, it sounds crazy as shit. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is there's a lot of people seeing things in the skies. Right. 
And it seems to have, in the last couple of years, increased. it has increased. Right. And why is that? Is, is there something legitimately happening? It's also easier to report it these days. I think that's, I mean, I've said that to you before, is it's 2023, everyone's got that is a true. video recorder in the hand, and I definitely think... You know, it's definitely easier to report, hey, I saw an alien or, hey, I saw a spacecraft flying around than it would be, you know, back in the 80s or 90s. You're not going to. But, you know, I mean, we get these stories of this crazy shit that's going on. I mean, you know, it wasn't too long ago. Was it Las Vegas where the uh, the family had the 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 creatures in their the back part back part of their yard and there there were police on scene and the one cop said he saw it. (laughs) Right. You know, and, you know, then there were reports the next day that, you know, there were there were black government vehicles in the area. And, Men in black. Yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. it, it's almost like, you know, side stories in an episode of The X-Files. <laughs> or we're just all in the Matrix. And it's just, you know, it just, it's so strange to me that that we're having these conversations <laughs> right. now. You know, as as a kid growing up, I believed in UFOs. They scared the hell out of me. Right. And and now we're and now I'm an adult, and we're having a conversation when there's already been a significant amount of like legitimate talk. You know, well, it's your own government's going, yeah, they're real. <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's kind of tough to wrap your head around, right. honestly. I know that you default to, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, cool. I don't care. Right. <laughs> but if you let your head open up and mm-hmm. and take a serious thing, what is your what are your thoughts on how much of this has come to kind of the forefront? I mean, I definitely we've talked about this before that this is definitely a subject that. Out of this top, like genre category, niche topic of cryptids, paranormal, supernatural, aliens is definitely maybe not the number one thing I believe in that's related to it because that's angels and demons because of my religious beliefs. But aliens is a close number two of it's possible and why it's why can't it be probable? You know yeah. and. I don't feel like the government's, you know, straight up in their disclosures and statements been like, oh, yeah, alien life is real. But they're, you know, saying UFOs, but they call them UAPs, right, are real. And, I mean, (laughs) it makes sense that there's going to be reports of, yeah, we saw something. We don't know what it is. But it can move like our stuff, so that's cool. And, I mean, you never know. It's... It 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 really feels like a game of everyone's trying to guess what everyone else is thinking, but no one knows what the other person's thinking. It's like you just feel crazy when you start thinking about it. It's like you said, if I start deeply thinking about it, it's like okay, who know who has the answers and it's just not sharing with the class, because right. someone's got to know. 
What do you think? Do you think that this stuff could be some kind of um, next-level technology that another country has, say China, and that's what we're seeing? I would believe it's more likely our own. Now, do you think that it would be more likely our own, or do you think it would be more likely otherworldly? I would say it's more likely our own, but I'm not opposed to the thought of it being otherworldly. I don't think every report that's ever been made of otherworldly craft or beings is true. There's, I, It's hard for me to believe they're all factual. Mm. But it's also hard for me to believe that every single every single account is also, you know, that country's military or us snooping around. Take the Zimbabwe thing for, there's no reason the U.S. government would be like, man, let's go land in front of aerial school. Yeah, there, there literally was no political right. significance to that. It wouldn't make any sense. To that. So, it, it's stuff like that where it's hard for me to discredit it and go, so it's easier to go, I mean, it's probable because, like I said, I, I unless I see it, I'm not going to 100% be like, oh, yeah, it happened. But it's probable. It's It doesn't make sense. It's inconclusive. There's no way. I mean, it's if you Google the definition of is alien life real, it's, you know, it says there's no inconclusive proof because that's how scientists like to think and whatnot. And I don't consider myself a scientist, but I think it's more likely our own technology, but it's hard not to believe, especially the more reports that come out that it's also not otherworldly. I I agree with you to an extent where I think a lot of what's being seen today I think there's a very strong chance that what's being seen is our technology. Right. But I also think that we got that technology from otherworldly stuff. From otherworldly stuff. See, I think that's where we disagree. It's hard for me to think, you know, like, so Biden and aliens are like chilling in the Oval Office being like, (laughs) hey, what's up, man? Yeah, that would not be a very intelligent conversation. No, it would not. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that one's that's where it's harder for me to believe is it's... And, I mean, it's it's funny that I say that, right? And then I think about it, but it's... But I also think the government keeps secrets from us. Right. So how is that that much far harder of a secret to keep? I guess it's not. Um, But I also... Why would... <laughs> Why would otherworldly life make it so hard to be seen and be discovered? But then there's reports like the Vegas one where it's like, yeah, they're just in my backyard running around. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't line up with yeah. 90% of the other stories. If it's like, oh, they were noticed and they went and took off. Right. No, they're just chilling in my backyard, running around, having a good time, <laughs> acting like a bunch of drunk college kids, like just tearing up someone's backyard. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, well, we're at about an hour and twenty minutes. 
I like where this went. I think it was a good conversation. Yeah. Again, the two documentaries are Moment of Contact by James Fox, who has who has a couple of different uh, documentaries that are very, very good on the topic and worth watching. And then the other was um, Ariel. Aerial Phenomenon. Aerial Phenomenon, and spelled A-R-I-E-L. I recommend, if you haven't seen them, check them out. If you have seen them, I'd watch them again, <laughs> because they are... They're good. They are that good. They're thought-provoking. If you guys enjoyed this, this is something we're considering doing maybe once a month. Pick a topic, beat it to death, <laughs> and... You get to hear from my standpoint, and you get to hear from the standpoint of somebody who is a little less bought in on all these things. So like I said, if you enjoyed it, let us know. Again, this was Nick Clauser. Hello. Eric Slodgy, your host of Uncomfortable. And I'm not quite sure at this moment what we're going to name this. I don't know. But uh, you're the creative one. By the time by the time it airs, I would imagine I will have a uh, a suitable name for it. But please, honestly, let us know your thoughts on this and uh, other topics you'd like to have hear us talk about. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.